drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? The fantasy football flavor show, it's your boy Oakry. Um, a lot of times on this show, I'm kind of telling you guys, you know, who did well the, the previous week in fantasy, looking towards the the next week. Um, as you guys know, I like to change it up a little bit on this show. So I'm assuming if you're listening to this show and you love fantasy football, you know who tore it up. You you know what's going on next week. If you don't, I encourage you again to check out that uh, fantasy football weekly article that drops on USA Today Lions Wire every Thursday morning. Written by yours truly, um, really try to populate that with a lot of the basic content you'll need to uh, throw that lineup in and, and win your week. So um, please definitely check that out. That helps uh, support what I'm doing. You know the great people at Lions Wire. And then, uh, as you guys know, you know I'm trying to do that article right now. I would love to write some more Lions stuff. Uh, hopefully that will come in the future. Just trying to balance a ton of things right now. But uh, what I thought I'd do today. Rather than break down stats and numbers and, you know, all the things like you say that you saw this past Sunday or moving forward. I kind of want to talk to you guys about a couple topics. So I'm going to break this show into basically two main topics. And that's patience. And the other part will be about win now. And you're probably thinking, Okri, like, how, how can you talk about patience and winning now? Those are two totally opposite things. Well... It really depends on what your league you're in, as well as, you know, just your overall approach to, um, you know, fantasy football, you're kind of constructing your team, you know, when it comes to your draft, what you do on the waiver wire, you know, how you move people in and out of your lineup. And uh, I think there's got to be a balance between patience and and what it takes to win that week, win that league, win, um, you know, right in the moment versus overreactions so we're gonna talk about that a little bit today and I'm gonna highlight some things in my leagues as well as just sort of tell you guys kind of my general approach on it so let's start off with patience and you guys are probably thinking like again how can I have patience I mean there's a bunch of my guys on my teams that are struggling and and I know they're struggling you know but here's my thing like I'm looking at my lineups like again I may be proven wrong in the next couple of years that these guys didn't have it. You know, we're just guys I thought had crazy upside and, and didn't produce long term. But you can look at some of my lineups and go, wow, like Joe Mixon. I mean, the guy's absolutely struggling for the most part. Like, I feel like he's come on the last few weeks or when they feature him, the guy's good. When you watch his games and highlights, he, he looks good, you know, from a running perspective, he catch, he's always like real fired up, probably too fired up after he gets a first down or some type of play. 
But Joe Mixon, to me, is a great player. So, I mean, he may be struggling right now, but it's like you got to just hang in there, even if it's costing you, you know, weeks here in the 2019 season. Another guy went big on this year, Carrion Johnson. I mean, this guy seemed like he had a great situation. He's going to get the football. He obviously showed great flashes last year, even though, once again, the injury bug crept up on him. Now he's out again for the year. So I see people trading him away for nothing, cutting him loose. You know, if you can hide him on your IR spot, people are doing that. Like Patience, again, kind of comes down to a a deeper league, a league that's going to continue on next year with keepers, with um, draft picks, with all types of things. You know, carry on Johnson is a guy you still want to hang on to. I mean, if he comes out and has another tough year next year or misses multiple games, that's a three-year sample size where he's been hurt or he hasn't produced. Maybe it's time to move on. But, you know, still going to give him that third year. I'm still hanging in there with carry on Johnson. Now, you're probably also sitting there thinking, like, Okri. I mean, I absolutely want these on my fantasy team. I want winners. I want people that want to win. (laughs) I agree with you. I want to win every week, no matter what it is, in every one of my leagues. I probably got 8, 10, 12 leagues that I'm in. I want to go 12-0 and every week. But it doesn't happen that way. I mean... Because you got some guys on your team that I won't talk about today that is just this. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Like, those are the guys on your fantasy team that you got to try to get rid of. The guys that have already proven injury concerns, can't produce. Just, you know, you're still trying to ride high on a guy and it's just not working out. I mean, here's a guy that falls in that category for me. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, for at least three to four years, has always been a guy that I thought, maybe this year, maybe this situation, now that he's with the Rams, oh, now he's with Kansas City, like, how can you not be good in Kansas City? I've watched enough Sammy Watkins to know that he's either going to be hurt, or even when he's out there, you just look at the eye test. It doesn't matter what his 40 time says, it doesn't matter what he did in college anymore. You watch him, you're like, I think I was just sitting there the other day going, this guy's not a good football player. Like He doesn't have it to to be a top echelon type player in the NFL. Another guy that's burned me multiple times, you can't win with him. Can't uh, You want winners and not this guy? I, I've won him multiple times on Josh Gordon. I mean, you think the talent's there. He shows flashes. He's never consistent enough. Here we are again, injury, short-term IR. Now he's going to be cut and then signed to another team. Do you think he's going to sign with another team and then just all of a sudden blow up on the scene and help your fantasy team late in the year? No. Josh Gordon's another guy you can't win with right now. But like I said, back to back to my patience topic. So I'm getting all types of heat from all my buddies about Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns. Everybody's like, oh man, you just have this love for Odell. He's not producing. He, you know, he, he's only showing flashes. I mean, this guy's always put up numbers when healthy and when, you know, featured in offense. He has had a few injuries in the past, and then this is the first year where he's literally out there playing, and they're just not getting him the football when they do. He's not really making any explosive plays other than the one he made against the Jets. So, 
I don't I don't know what to say. You know, Odell's a guy that there's no way I'm trading him. There's no way I'm giving up on him. I'm thinking he just forgot how to be an absolute electric athlete that can catch everything, can run after catch, can be a dynamic football player when it comes to fantasy. So I'm preaching patience with him. You know, I'm sitting there, and there's definitely a league or two of mine where I'm losing weeks because Odell Beckham is putting up 40 yards, you know, three catches, 35 yards, you know, some of these terrible stat lines that are costing me weeks. But, again, those are big dynasty leagues where I'm saying, nope, I'm going to hang on to them. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to take these losses. I'm probably going to miss the playoffs, and I'm going to be better for it next year when he's up and rolling or when he does get it together and when the Cleveland Browns get it together. Which brings me to another guy you have to have patience with. Another guy I get beat up on Twitter all day long, at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Everybody wants to pile on, oh, Baker Mayfield isn't doing good. Baker Mayfield looks terrible right now. He He's jittery in the pocket. He can't get any uh, pass protection. When he does throw the football half the time, he's wide, he's high, he looks fat, he... Uh, <laughs> Gosh almighty, like, he just has a whole bunch of issues going on. Why did I see him the other day? He's got a blazer. He's, this is a professional quarterback. He's got, like, a slick, curly do. Looks like a just a chubby piece of crap. And then he's got a blazer on that has an ironed-on Cleveland Browns patch. Like, what has happened to this guy? This guy used to have swag. This guy used to, like, just have all this moxie, and he backed it up on the field. Now he doesn't back it up on the – he doesn't do anything on the field, and he's just a freaking moron when it comes to stepping up to the podium with what he's wearing, what he's saying. I mean, this guy just doesn't have it. So, again, I say all that to say this. I'm not giving up on Baker Mayfield like everybody else is. Everybody else has written him off. I mean, if you have him in a big dynasty league – I'm hanging in there now. It's pretty much come to the point. I'm looking for other options when it comes to week to week. I mean, if I can get him out of my lineup, I'm going to do that. But I'm not going to cut him loose. I'm not going to say he's a terrible football player. I'm going to say, as I always tell people, he's playing bad right now. He's played bad for multiple weeks. I'm not going to sit up here with a microphone and say, oh, no, Baker Mayfield's played really well. Uh, You guys are wrong. I mean, he's not played well. He looks like a bad quarterback. But the people that want to rag on me for it missed last year when he was making crazy throws, was, you know, setting the record, I think it was, for touchdowns by a rookie quarterback. So I I take them both into consideration. Like last year he was incredible. This year he's terrible. You know, the the truth has to be somewhere in the middle. So I'm preaching patience with Baker. I'm preaching patience with Odell, carry on. Joe Mixon, just to name a few. And I might as well throw in another guy. Another guy that I went in big for in a bunch of dynasties. Thought, oh man, this is a perfect time to get this guy before he blows up. I'm recording here before Monday Night Football. Maybe this is his coming out party. Finally, I think Mason Rudolph and uh, him will be back. They're both back healthy. These guys have to start making connections. And that's James Washington. Um, I did not love James Washington in the draft process. But every time I watched his highlights or watched... Um, things on him and looked at his numbers I mean the guy all he did was put the ball in the paint and score touchdowns so you know he's got his college quarterback you know you would think Pittsburgh especially against the Miami Dolphins are going to be able to sling it around but James Washington has been this other like huge sleeper disappointment where people went in on him and he's just been 
terrible. And he hasn't done anything. I bet you he has like, you know, maybe maybe a hundred some yards for the season, somewhere in that range. It, you know, if that, he's just been really bad. A couple catches here or there. That's about it. So, all these guys I mentioned. I mean, obviously struggling. Um, obviously, lots of people uh, think you know this. I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Obviously. When you roll out your fantasy football lineup every single week, you want these. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All these players are good football players. All these guys are having their worst fantasy seasons to date. So you can either be the guy that preaches patience and waits and also projects forward that these guys didn't forget how to play football. They didn't forget how to catch the football. They didn't forget how to run the football. They didn't forget how to score touchdowns. But as I say often in the NFL, it's kind of an up-down league. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. These guys are down right now. I'm telling you, if you have these guys in your leagues, patience, wait, hold on to them. They're going to pay dividends. Will it be this year and get you over the hump? We're getting pretty late in the fantasy season. So if you're just rolling out these guys every week, you know, you're going to have issues. If you have some short benches and you're just trying to hang on to carry on and he's wasting a roster spot, you know, that's tough. But again, if it's dynasty, if it's keeper, you got to find a way to manage it. You got to put him in the IR slot. You got to sacrifice having a little bit of depth to hang on to this guy for, you know, the 2020 season. You just have to do it. So disappointing for some of my teams. And this is the other reason I bring it up today on the show, because it's one thing if you have one or two guys, you know what I mean? You, you might go big on a sleeper here or there and, oh, man, that guy didn't pan out. But for me and for other fantasy people out there that are looking at those names I read off, I mean, who would think that we'd be halfway through the fantasy season and Joe Mixon, Carrion Johnson, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, you know, James Washington. I could throw other names out. I mean, Melvin Gordon was drafted high by a lot of people. Um, you know, all these guys are just not producing and you're trying to sit there and, and, and hold your water and you're just thinking – when do I cut baby with these guys? You know, uh, Antonio Brown killed a ton of people. He's out of the league. You know, some people are probably have him in dynasty. They're like, okay, I'm done with this guy. And then, you know, knowing that there's a chance he could come back and still be good for a year or two. It's a tough game. You know, it's a tough game to wait. It's a tough game to sort of sit there and, and try to figure out what to do. But I think if you believe in a player and he's young enough, he's got talent. I think the overall... Um, approach is to sit and wait be patient even in some standard leagues like I'm in a few 8 10 12 team leagues that uh, you know I'm just hanging on to people hoping that they either come around or you know there's nothing better out there so you might as well just hang on to them and kind of hopefully play them on the right weeks where you catch catch a little lightning in a bottle something like that so um, you know before I go to break here, I might as well uh, talk about patience in another way. The Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League. Oh my goodness. We did we did a 20-team league last minute. I threw it together. I can't say I did the best. Uh, you know, I think I threw it together in a matter of minutes. And a uh, few rule issues I would have liked to change and a few roster, you know, issues. But uh, after we did the draft, all that kind of stuff was locked down. But like I say, 20 teams. So... We did the draft. I, I thought I'd do my normal approach of running back heavy, of course, when the when the draft fell to me. 
you know, Julio Jones was top guy on the board. I took him. Then I went wide receiver heavy, which I never do. So in that league, I mean, I got to say, you know, props to the teams that are doing good. There's a few teams that are, that are rolling, you know, uh, six and one, you know, going to be seven and one, you know, there's a good amount of teams packed in the middle there at four, three, you know, records like that. Oh, I think I was in the middle, but I got trounced again this week. And like, it comes down to this, this topic of patience. You know, I've sat there with some of these guys, been really patient, you know, made a, made a deal with good old Frank Ribble to get my boy Odell thinking he's about to, about to go off. Hasn't happened yet. Cost me a week or two already. You know, there's weeks my team just doesn't have the firepower, you know, due to injury, due to me just waiting on some of these guys to show up. They continually not show up. Um, so it's tough. That's one of the leagues where, like you say, out of pride, I want to do well. It's a 20-teamer, so it's definitely different than most. But trying to be patient, even though it's a it's a yearly league, you know, we didn't set any keeper rules. Hopefully next year I'll, I'll reach out to all you guys, and hopefully you'll come back for year two, and we'll try to – figure out what we want to do. It would be fun to sort of make that league a keeper league moving into the second year, you know, where we draft again, knowing that you can hang on to these guys for a couple of years and build a team as well as, you know, get, we'll, we'll get an IR spot in there too. We'll get um, maybe tweak the roster size because 20, 20 teams plus I, I max out the roster spot. So, you know, it makes it really hard, which is fun for all these guys that love football. But like I say, when it comes to patience and when it comes to, you know, nothing on the waiver wire makes it hard at times to sort of compete and, and be active every week. But uh, like I say, I got a lot of work to do in that league. There's a few other leagues where I'm, uh, you know, uh, Q Joe Namath. Struggling. Uh, but there's a few leagues I'm doing really well into. So that's, again, where it comes to patience. Like, you're never going to win them all, right? So you're kind of just sitting there going, you know, I'm rolling out as best rosters as I can every week. I'm trying to manage those injuries. I, mean, I think it finally hit me again this week where I wrote the big Hughes and said, I'm really starting to hate the NFL where, you know, all these big time players get dinged up every week. I mean, this week, Brandon cooks goes out and like the third, fourth play of the game, whatever it was out for the whole game. Just you're basically an automatic loss at that point. Um, every week. I mean, somebody's got a hammy, somebody's got a concussion, somebody's got a, a tweak of a knee that just costs you fantasy weeks over and over again. I mean, every other sport has injuries, but nowhere to the level of the NFL where it's just absolutely crazy. So like I say, hang in there with those guys, patience in those deep leagues. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and I want to talk about uh, yearly leagues where you got no keepers, you got nobody coming back, you got nothing else to go for except the playoffs and that championship. What do you do then? How do you cut bait? When do you cut bait? How do you hang on to people? How do you, you know, absolutely maximize your lineup every week for that, get that W? Because that's really all it's about. So take a quick break. I'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, I'm back, and I'm here talking about what happens when you're in those yearly leagues, you know, those office leagues, those leagues with your buddies, family, whatever, that only last that one football season. You got no keepers. You got no um, stakes in it other than trying to win that championship, trying to have the bragging rights, trying to do all you can to win every single week. What do you do in those leagues? My thing with those leagues are, again, I'm still going to lean on my draft. You know, if if it's a league where it's still competitive, but it's year one year only, you still got to have that really solid draft where you get crazy depth when it comes to running backs, wideouts. If you do that, I'm still hanging in with those guys if they're healthy and ready to roll, thinking that those are probably the better players. I'm also trying to max out my trades, which means the easiest way to win in some of those yearly leagues is to make one or two big trades where you manipulate those bye weeks. You dump a guy maybe right before he gets hurt or just some crazy circumstance or you trade with somebody and you get a two for one. Those two guys end up being studs. The one guy you gave away is not that good. Those are the easiest way to maximize. But when you're talking patience like I did before, no patience in these yearly leagues. Like if a guy's not producing and you've got better options on your bench, put him in. If you've got a guy that's sort of dinged up with a nagging injury and you've got no bench space, he's got to go. Um, you know, those are usually the leagues that are going to be smaller in size as well as have better options on the waiver wire. So you need to be up on maybe who's hot, who has a good matchup. This is one thing I don't do as much, but you probably should is go into your waivers and sort of look at, um, who, who's playing who, you know, a lot of times you can filter by kind of what the defense is in regards to run or pass ranking. So a good a good option is like if you really need a good running back and you don't have any great options, you go to the waiver wire, you sort by, um, you know, that, that running ranking and find somebody that's playing a team that's 31st, 32nd, you know, 28th in rushing defense. And if you know they're going to get touches and they're playing that type of football team, go ahead and pick them up and roll them out there because – you know, the NFL is pretty sure that if you're if you've been consistently bad and rushing defense for a while, you usually don't fix it overnight. So that's one way to get a, uh, a spot start and get a W. The other thing, again, with with not being patient is you want to go and you want to get a guy that um, use those projections. I mean, ESPN, Yahoo, um, Fantasy Pros, all these websites that you use. I mean, this is what these guys do their whole life is they just sit there and and use formulas, computers, calculations to figure out what these guys are projected to score. I mean, we don't have time to do that. We we don't have the uh, resources or the uh, equipment to do so, but these guys have already done it. So go ahead and sort by projected. And if you need if you're like projected to lose by 30 and nobody on your bench is really going to help you. Um, go on that waiver wire and not only use the projections, but sometimes I'll take the wild swing. Like I'll go get the Miko Hardmans and say, he might catch that 80 yard touchdown to win me the week. You know, I might just say who's projected highest. Oh, this guy, I don't even really like that player, but for some reason 
you know, the experts have projected him to score, you know, 19, 20 points. The best option I have on my team is 12. Yeah, I'm going to go get the guy with 20 and just hope that he produces that week. Obviously, there's still some, you know, your own judgment, what you think about a player. But again, don't overthink it. These guys have algorithms, formulas, ways of, of doing these projections. Just like I always say how Vegas is so crazy, like, you know, those those lines they put out. I mean, they don't just randomly guess like we do as, as common fans. Sometimes they don't, you know, just throw it out there for nothing. Like all these projections, stats. Yeah, they can be totally wrong sometimes. But I bet if you did a in-depth, you know, analysis, you know, they're they're more spot on than not. So so use those resources. But like I say, you can't hold on to guys for multiple weeks when they're not producing you can't have a guy on your bench that consistently has that o next to his name which means he's out or you know the minute a guy goes on an ir he's got to go there's no reason to hang him around right um so you just got to know not only what kind of league you're in you got to know your roster size you got to know some some leagues have max spots so you can only have like you know six seven running backs well if you know that ahead of time let's say a guy's sort of dragging and you know you can't add another guy, you got to cut him loose. You know, it's just knowing your roster spots, knowing your league, and knowing that this is there's no tomorrow. If you don't make the playoffs, I mean, you don't get anything at the end of the year. Like the earlier um, segment on the show, I talked about patience because a lot of those leagues, if you don't do well, hey, you're going to get a higher draft pick in the rookie draft. Hey, you're going to be able to keep these guys. They could blow up next year. You don't want to be the guy that cuts them loose and then is playing against them next year when Odell or Joe Mixon and these type of guys are tearing it up. So just knowing your league, knowing what kind of spots you have, and again, knowing your competition. Like there's some there's some guys that in my yearly leagues, all they do is work the waiver wire. They use like the minimum roster spots, and they're just going to have two to three, four spots where every week they're just going to pick up the guys that are hot, the guys that have good matchups, the guys that are, um, you know, readily available for touches. I know some of my uh, buddies are all about, you know, targets and, you know, how many how many carries did he get? That's all they really want is, is targets and carries, thinking that that's going to produce fantasy stats. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you're just chasing at that point. You know, you're chasing these numbers that uh, don't equate to the kind of stats and numbers you need to get W's. And and that's the biggest thing in, in a weekly uh, league. And the reason to not to have patience in those leagues and to win now is because, you know, when we're getting here in the back part of the season, you know, you may say, oh, well, I'm going to hang on to this guy for an extra week. And you might lose that week. And then end of the year, oh, man, I missed the playoffs by one game. Oh, if I would have just won one more. Well, you know the one you probably could have won? If you had to cut the guy loose uh, when you should have, uh, but you didn't. So um, there's definitely a sense of urgency, a sense of ability to, um, you know, know when to do that. And uh, like I say, those guys I mentioned earlier, those are guys you're moving on from uh, in a yearly league. Now, a guy like Odell is a guy I would still be hanging on to just because he doesn't really have any nagging injuries. He's still in what I would assume once he gets some better matchups against good teams. Is it going to be a decent offense, you know, especially in Joku's comes back. Jarvis Landry got dinged up the other day, but he came back in the football game, I believe, so he should be okay. Uh, we're coming up here on the trade deadline in the real NFL, as well as probably some of your fantasy leagues. Like, watch where some of these guys go, you know. Uh, there's been talks about Joe Mixon moving. What if he moved, and what if he moved to, like, a really good team that knew how to use him and had some other weapons? He'd probably be a top, you know, eight a running back in the right situation. Um, 
carry on Johnson. There's nothing you can do. You know, he he's done. He, people are kind of like, oh, well, he'll be back in eight weeks. Well, eight weeks, your fantasy league's over. Um, you know, it doesn't matter really how deep your league is or how long your playoffs are. He's only going to be back for the last game or two, if that. And uh, that's not going to help you in fantasy. So keep an eye on where these guys go. If anybody moves in trades, I mean, we've already had some trades. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, moved his stock up by... Uh, heading to the 49ers. I mean, he already showed out and had some good plays in his first game. I ended up getting in the end zone. Uh, just here today, you had Kenyon Drake go to Arizona. Uh, I don't really love that fit. I mean, they also just brought in Zach Zenner as well as um, Alfred Morris, I believe. And so they got David Johnson and um, Chase Edmonds hurt. They've now got, I guess, Kenyon Drake is their lead back until those guys get back. But he's just showing up on the scene. I mean, I can't imagine he'll be that incredible, you know, with, with that type of situation. You've got a lot of big names being talked about in this trade deadline. I mean, I know my Lions are looking at, uh, you know, would they bring in a Melvin Gordon, a guy who I've rooted and supported of coming to Detroit on Twitter. But, you know, there's also been talks of Rashad Penny on the move. That's a guy I would like better just because he's younger, he's cheaper, and uh, I think he's got a lot of fantasy upside as well. He just really has not been used and probably just didn't have the greatest rookie year, you know, that you would hope for a guy like that. So I think, um, you know, watch, see where those guys go, if they go anywhere, and if they do go somewhere and they're on your waiver wire, uh, pounce on those guys. I mean, I know... Um, I picked up Drake the other day, just sort of to hold him to see where he went. You know, I, I like I said, I don't really love his situation in Arizona, so I don't know. I'll be hanging on to him. And then I, I did what I talked about earlier. I picked up Miko Hardman just because, um, you know, Pat Mahomes is on his way back. You know, it looked like he was going to be out extended period. But if he's back in a week or two, as it looks like, um, Cole Hardman has shown the juice to absolutely fly, score touchdowns, and be a beast. In the future, you know, right now he's still kind of supplemental piece, but I'd expect him Cole Hardman to be a, a step down probably from Tyreek, but a pretty nasty player in fantasy, you know, moving forward in the next two to three years. Um, so patience in those deep leagues when it comes to dynasty, especially if uh, you know you're having a bad year, but you know it's going to give you draft capital. It's going to you're still going to be able to keep these top guys and then add and help your team moving into 2020. If this season is just 2019, you can't keep anybody, um, there's no carryover whatsoever, um, you want to absolutely dump guys quick, fast, in a hurry. You want to set that lineup, not for who you think's best or who's the best overall football player, who's going to help you win that week. And keep an eye on those standings. If you really get in a bind where, oh man, it's coming down the last few weeks and I got to win a game or two to sneak in the playoffs. Because really all you got to do is sneak in the playoffs. I know people love to win the, the regular season. So do I. I always feel like the winner of the regular season is really the, you know, the had the best fantasy season. You know, they, for 12, 13 weeks, they've really had a solid team and been at the top of the standings. But it really doesn't matter. If you come in fourth, fifth, sixth, however deep your, your playoff seeds are, and you get in in that sixth spot, you got just as good a chance pretty much as winning a fantasy title as the guy in the number one slot. So I say, you know, be conscious of that. Um, if it comes down and you're just trying to win a week or two, you're picking up anybody, you're dropping anybody to score one more point than your opponent and get the W. So keep that in your mind, everybody. Um, do all you can to win. Enjoy fantasy football. It drives me nuts. I send buddies a few texts saying, I hate fantasy football but I, I love it at the same time. It'll drive you crazy. I think I lost by 0.4 points 
in my pro football focus league. And that was on the final big pass by um, my my least favorite player in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, throwing like, what, a 60-some yard touchdown to Aaron Jones. Yeah, that basically took me from winning by 20 to losing by .4. Are you kidding me? Those are the type of things that drive you nuts. And then tonight, like I say, heading into Monday Night Football, I know a lot of people got Juju, hoping that he shows out. A lot of people counting on James Conner. You know, not sure where he's at really with his injuries as well as, you know, just hasn't been incredible. But, you know, he can score you some touchdowns and get you that 100-yard marker if you have bonuses there. And, uh, gosh, who on the Dolphins? You know, Devontae Parker started to play a little bit better. I'm waiting for James Washington from the Steelers to show up. Uh, um, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Little, uh, you know, Antonio Brown wannabe there. Uh, you know, showed some things, looked decent. Mason Rudolph, I'd like to see a good game from him if he's healthy. Uh, gosh, back to the Dolphins. <laughs> um Fitzpatrick, I mean, Fitzpatrick's a guy that can can play decent football, but he doesn't really have many weapons around him. You know, they just got rid of Kenyon Drake, so they basically got no, nobody in there in the backfield really worth a dang. Uh, it's probably going to be another long night for the Dolphins. I expect the Steelers to get a win and some of their fantasy, fantasy ballers to show up big in this Monday night game. So, like I say, keep an eye on that. If, if, you're, if you're close to a win, you know, hopefully your player will come through for you. Um, like I say, it's all about those W's and weekly leagues. And then, like I say, just chill out. Be patient. If it's a bad 2019 for you in your dynasty leagues or in leagues where you've got keepers and you're like, man, I've got a good team, but I'm losing. I'm not going to make the playoffs. Look forward to 2020 and know that, you know, things will flip around. These guys will start to come through. And sometimes you just chalk it up to a bad year just like an NFL team does. You know, you sit there and you go, Man, we, we just had a terrible year this year. I'm sure the Falcons are thinking this year, uh, that this year. I'm sure, um, you know, nobody expected the uh, San Francisco 49ers to be unbeaten at this point. But here they are. So you just never know in the real game or in fantasy, as I often say. And, and please, again, one more plug to just check out my uh, Fantasy Football Weekly on USA Today Lions Wire. That'll give you your top projected people, waiver wire pickups. We'll look at the schedule. I'll kind of recap who did well this previous week when it comes to stats and numbers. You can keep an eye on those guys. As well as talking that uh, Detroit Lions fantasy focus. uh, Another real big game heading out to the West Coast to play the Oakland Raiders. So thank you, everybody. Want to do a little short show, do a little bit different. Just uh, talk to you about uh, both patience and when the guys got to get out and get somebody else in to get that W. So thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you listening. Take care. I'll catch you uh, Wednesday and Friday for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, talking all things Detroit Lions. Um, Have a great day. I'm out. Drink it in, man.